everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Buttermilk Boulevard. I'm your host, James. And on this podcast, we discuss music, amongst other things. Uh, usually, we discuss discographies of the favorite, your favorite bands and the artists behind them. But this week, we will not. <laughs> uh, it's just going to be a check-in podcast. I've had a busy month. I had the full intention of putting out a Halloween special last week, but... Naturally, life got in the way. I have a brand new nephew that's joined the uh, ranks of human beings. <laughs> so I got to say he's uh, so far he's winning. <laughs> but uh, um, on this episode, I think we're just going to go over some just random shit. <laughs> Nothing special, very nonchalant. Not much going on. Um, I'm going to talk about probably some concerts that I've gone to in the last couple of months or so. Uh, Maybe cover some news here and there scattered throughout, but it's a very laid-back episode. If you're listening, just uh, lay back, relax, grab a cup of tea, start the fire. It's getting cold out there, folks. (laughs) So, (laughs) the fuck's wrong with me? Put on some Christmas music, because apparently that's started eight months ago. (laughs) That's one of the most irritating things in the world. And I I mean, I'm not the first person to say it, honestly, but yeah, it's very edgy of me to say that Christmas comes too soon now. (laughs) Um, Halloween this year was uh, short lived. (laughs) So Christmas is uh, here, I guess. But um, it's weird that you can go to Target and like all the Halloween stuff is just gone now. And it's only been like, what, a week and a half? (laughs) It's just gone completely. Not even in the clearance section. Um, for the life of me, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll go get some discounted decorations to decorate my apartment or some shit. And then, nope, nope, no Halloween decorations for you, buddy. Your spooks are done with. <laughs> so, um, I've uh, we. I hope everybody had a good Halloween over uh, the course of the month or the last couple of days, depending on how you celebrate. If you do celebrate. I personally like to go to haunted houses. I'm a huge, huge fan of haunted houses. Love going to those things. Even though they don't necessarily scare me like they, well, probably like they've never had, but (laughs) there was definitely um, a point in time, like usually your first haunted house is uh, nightmare fuel. But (laughs) in this case, the, um, uh, the couple of haunted houses I went to in the Dallas area, I've, uh, I've been to, uh, most of them, I'd say, not all of them, but most of them, I, I usually try to do one haunted house a year to just get the spooks in, just to get in the kind of the mode of Halloween, and then I, you know, I frequent Spirit Halloween. Even if I don't buy anything, I like to go to those Halloween stores just to it kind of sets the mood, so to speak. You know, get some candlelit dinner with roses on the ground. You know, get real sultry in this bitch, but <laughs> the uh, sultry, that's the word, right? <laughs> anyway, I'm a, I'm a romantic, if you can't tell. <laughs> um, so I went to, I think, two haunted houses this year. Um, I, I tried to go to one, but if I can do more, I'd prefer to do more. It's just really how I can fit it into the schedule. This month being busy, I was able to fit two in. I actually went to one haunted house on the 1st of November, um, because Halloween was so busy with the nephew being born and everything. He was actually born on the 29th, but he, uh, I mean, it, that my sister was in the hospital for, um, you know, three to four days. And then we also, you know, we're just enjoying his company. 
um, which really just consisted of him sleeping. <laughs> so he's a very quiet baby. <laughs> I'm sure that'll change one day. But the uh, I went to a haunted house called um, Hangman's Haunted House. I've actually been there before. It's up in Fort Worth. If any of y'all are familiar with the DFW area, it's really Dallas, Fort Worth, and then surrounding cities. But most people really associate Texas with Dallas, Houston, Austin. So in this case, this one was in Fort Worth, which is kind of like the sister city of Dallas. And um, it's uh, built in like a factory, and their their theme is uh, Hangman. Uh, it's a big surprise <laughs> being called Hangman's Haunted House. But uh, yeah, their theme is like a Hangman thing. There's it's, They have this little mascot guy that walks around. He's not scary at all, but he really tries to be. God forbid he will follow you around making you... He's going to do it until you get scared of him. That's basically what he's going to try to do. And the whole time that we're, they're doing that, it's just, it just it comes off a little irritating. Like, dude, just give me some fucking space, man. <laughs> um, so they have, like, this haunted house is pretty cool because they got, like, two sections of it. A lot of haunted houses have this, but they have a, uh, I guess you'd call it, like, a warm-up. Um, kind of like an opening band. <laughs> going back to the music theme of this podcast but they have like a a section that you can walk through it's really short probably like five minutes ten minutes max if you get lost in their little maze shit but it's like a zombie themed thing you just walk through a dark foggy room um and it's probably my favorite portion of the haunted house because by the time you get to it well one it was freezing cold that night like it was the coldest texas has been the entire year happened to be on that specific night but then um the uh, following that we went into the thing and they have fog everywhere. You can't see shit. And I know it's supposed to build the fear, but really it's just irritating as hell. And you can't breathe <laughs> if you're breathing in that fog. It's like it feels like you have altitude sickness <laughs> or something. You're like walking through and you're like, dude, fuck off. I can't breathe. I can't see. <laughs> I'm just mildly irritable right now. Not scared. <laughs> um, but they had, you know, a few zombies in there and stuff. And, uh, you know, those usually get me. But um, this time around, it was just kind of like, that was my only scare. Probably the whole night came from that one little section. They got rednecks in there and stuff and being the Texan, you're like, oh God, this is just, this is just NASCAR fans. <laughs> so, um, you go to, you get through this little five minute segment and then you finally wait in line for the actual haunted house itself, which is the hangman's haunted house. It, it's built in like some sort of steelworks warehouse. They probably have some big backstory about being really haunted with ghosts, but whatever. <laughs> um, so you get in there and it's like, you get it all. I mean, you, if you've been to a haunted house, you know what to expect. Lots of strobe lights, lots of spinning rooms, lots of, you know, 3d shit. Um, and then they have the, you know, 16 year old kids trying to be, surgeons or something i don't know what they're doing but it's all volunteer based haunted houses so it's a lot of you get a lot of interesting people in those to say the least some of them don't scare as much as just irritate you like hey you have a punchable face (laughs) but like there's this one guy who made the joke that he was like holding a foot and he was like sit down for dinner use some toe jam and he was um, I was like, just uh, why don't you stick that toast somewhere you jam it somewhere you don't where the sun don't shine. But uh, yeah, that's punchline works. <laughs> but um, I mean, some of it was cool. They have the chainsaw guys, of course. They have the chicks that like to scream at the top of their lungs. And 
most of the time I just walk through there and anytime I see somebody growling, I'm like, hey man, have you ever considered being a metal vocalist? <laughs> but um, I'm doing this kind of early in the morning, so that's hence why my voice is all crackly. But uh, I, um, other than that, yeah, we did that one. That one's pretty good. I went there last year, um, but I went after Halloween. I always tend to go to one like immediately after Halloween. I don't know. It's just how time works. But <laughs> I uh, went to that one before and they were short staffed. They were like, hey, we got like four people working and it's a big haunted house. So I really wanted to go back to it when it was fully staffed. And we did um, the weekend before Halloween. But it, I, I don't think it really made it any better or worse to have more people there. Um, in all honesty, it was probably kind of disappointing because it wasn't really scary. It was just kind of like, okay, we're just walking through this thing now. But um, <clears throat> I, I I do recommend it, though, for people. That's just my situation this year. Um, maybe I caught them on an off night. But it, to be fair, it was freezing cold, too. So that alone is enough reason not to be scared. I, I don't recommend going on bad weather and stuff because if you get into those things and you're already freezing cold you actually it has the opposite effect and usually if you're standing in a line and you're right before you're about to go in the haunted house you start getting the jitters a little bit you a little shake you're like okay here we go here we go i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready <laughs> i'm ready for the spooks and then a guy's holding the rubber snake at you but <laughs> it's uh the um usually that's how it goes but in, in this case since it was like 32 degrees outside it rained the night before we were standing in line and by the time we got to the front we we're like oh god i hope they have heat in there <laughs> instead of like i can't wait to be spooked it was more like oh god warmth <laughs> so the whole thing i was freezing cold my hands tend to get cold first so i was like icicles on my hands so i'd claw people's eyes out but <laughs> Yeah. So the other uh, haunted house I went to, though, outside of Hangman's was a place called uh, Moxley Manor. It's in Bedford. Um, again, if y'all aren't familiar with Texas, Bedford's one of those outlying cities that I mentioned. It's about 20 minutes outside of Dallas, if I had to guess just off the top of my head here. But um, this one was interesting. I, I hadn't seen a haunted house like this. I It was kind of stuck in like a shopping center. So when you went in the shopping center, you would pass like, oh, there's a hardware store. Um, <laughs> I guess that's themed. Uh. <laughs> oh, no, having to hang posters. <laughs> but um, the uh, and this shopping center is like a nail salon next to it and stuff. And we were so confused if we were even in the right area. But it turns out we were. Um, but there was actually a shit ton of people there. I went on November 1st. And I, I guess because Halloween fell on a weekday, it doesn't surprise me a lot of those haunted houses places were still opened on um, on November, that first weekend in November, because, I mean, people don't, if you have work and stuff, it's kind of hard to schedule a haunted house late at night, and they don't even open till 8 most of the time, so um, it I can see why they'd be open. But anyway, uh, I'm rambling here, but this Moxley Manor thing, they... Um, really 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 good haunted house I actually really enjoyed this one for multiple reasons but um when you get there they had this big guy uh sitting down on the concrete he was in this like grim reaper outfit and for the life of me I thought he was a prop I thought he was one of those fucking mannequins that they sit out there to just be like oh spooky is it real is it not well it turns out it was real <laughs> so it didn't scare me or anything because he didn't jump out but he just sat there 
And he didn't move for a solid like 20 minutes while we were waiting in line. And then eventually he got up and just started walking around the crowded area. And <laughs> I think me and my friends had the same reaction where it was like, wait, that guy was real. <laughs> he could have killed us. <laughs> but uh, but they had this dude with like a shovel out there too. he'd bang the shovel. Big whoop. Who cares? Um, most of the time waiting in line stuff. That's not that interesting. Um, so it was like a $20 haunted house, but they had three different haunted houses. They had one called, um, well, one was Moxley Manor. They had one called Big Top Horror, which a lot of haunted houses have something that's called Big Top. It's, you know, big surprise. It's about clowns, Hong Kong. Um, <laughs> so Hong Kong, isn't that, is that a clown or a goose? <laughs> but, uh, or a car. <laughs> anyway, they, uh, and then they have the third one, which is Reagan's Revenge, which for the life of me, I did not figure out that was a reference to uh, The Exorcist, because the little girl's name in The Exorcist is Reagan. Um, until I actually got to the haunted house portion of that um, thing. And they're like, oh, this is an all-female cast in here, and it's based off The Exorcist. I'm like, fuck me, yeah, that's right. (laughs) I'm a huge horror fan, huge horror fanatic. I ace those quizzes anytime I do them on Facebook. (laughs) Uh, um, But I, for the life of me, didn't catch that reference. I thought they were just making up some small girl's name. (laughs) Like, oh, spooks. But, uh... Yeah, Moxley Manor was really cool. We ended up going with two people we don't know. It was me, my two other friends, and then these two girls that were behind us. Um, they were new to haunted houses, I guess, so they were absolutely terrified, which really lends into the scream factor because I think those people, I wouldn't be surprised if they radio in and they're like, hey, you know, two coming your way. They're absolutely fucking terrified. <laughs> Get them good. Um but the guy with the shovel I mentioned, all he does is like stare at you, drag a shovel around and hit it on the ground every now and then. Um, knowing it's a person under that mask, you're just kind of like, fuck off, man. <laughs> um, luckily, it wasn't as cold this time around. It's still cold, but um, also they were playing Rob Zombie outside, which is um, pretty awesome. Every haunted house, that's the fucking theme song of the world is haunted house <laughs> for haunted houses is Rob Zombie. They were also playing corn. Haha, <laughs> callback. But <laughs> anyway, uh, it was pretty good. I mean, it was like 30 minutes long. And the main the main haunted house, I would say it's about 30 minutes long. And then you get this little five minute clown section. And then Reagan's Revenge is probably another five minutes. So you kill about 45 minutes in total, maybe an hour um, in the haunted houses themselves. And then the waiting, of course, is probably you're probably going to be there two hours, if I'm being honest, because the, if there's a long line, they're not going anywhere fast. People got the actors got to reset and everything like that. Um, yeah, but anyway, the uh, haunted house was good. Those girls went ended up going with us and they that guy with the shovel, he kept chasing them around the line while we were waiting in line. And it was actually hilarious to watch because they. Him, him being 20 feet away, they would be terrified if he moves. <laughs> they would scream like he was coming after them. And all he would be doing was walking from A to B. <laughs> you know, it's not even sometimes he wouldn't even bug them. And they would be like, oh, he's coming for us. He's coming. <laughs> They're absolutely terrified. I've never seen anybody. So they asked me and me and my friends, they were like, hey, um, uh, we don't we don't really want to go just the two of us in there. We'll never get out. Can we go? <laughs> Can we tag along with y'all or like fine? Um, and uh, I don't I don't know how old they were. I think they were closer to probably me and my friend's age. So probably in their 20s or something like that. But um, 
they ended up going with us, of course, because that's what, who cares? Um, so we, I, to be honest, when you go into those things, it's kind of like, uh, I'm two things are going to happen. One, I'm going to end up stuck in a group that I don't know. Um, and that that's fine, whatever. Or you end up catching up with a group in the haunted house because me and my friends tend to go th- through those things pretty quick. We're just fast walking in that regard. We don't, we're more the fleeing type, <laughs> I guess. Um, we when we go in, we get a spook. We're like, oh, no, keep walking. <laughs> you know, um, I would say this one probably actually got me the most, though, out of all of them. One, it, it I think most of the scares that we got were from those two girls <laughs> that were behind us. Um, they didn't want to be in the rear at all or the front. So they ended up being between all of us. Um, which didn't help because they would jump, they would jump into us <laughs> and they would end up like pulling us against a wall or something would be like, fuck, I don't even know you get off. <laughs> but um, then we would walk through this haunted house and it was actually really good um, considering, I think if those two girls weren't as distracting as they were screaming their heads off, we probably would have enjoyed it ourselves. But and we did enjoy it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I think this one got me more than Hangman's did. Maybe it's the fact that it was a newer haunted house. I've never been to it before. Who knows, man? But um, that's about it. That's that's what I did for Halloween. Other than that, I watched uh, a lot of horror movies, of course. Duh. I watched most of the Conjuring universe. I'm a huge fan of that universe. I know some people are hit or miss with that. But um, I also saw The Thing. John Carpenter's The Thing from like, I don't know, 70s, 80s, 90s, some shit, probably not 90s, but um, it's the first time I'd actually seen that. I'm a huge fan of John Carpenter, but I had never actually seen The Thing. Um, I'd seen the original black and white, and I've seen the remake of it that they did in the 2000s. And I've never actually seen the one with, um, uh, what the fuck is his name? Uh, Kurt Russell. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Snake Plissken himself. <laughs> I've never actually seen that one. Um, so yeah, getting on to the music side of things, though. Um, like I said, I might bring up some concerts I've been to. I've been to a few over the last couple of months that I haven't brought up on the podcast or anything. I've been meaning to do one of these kind of just sit and chill on episodes. I went to, um, I think five bands in the last couple of months. I've seen In This Moment... Um, who subsequently had New Year's Day with them and a band called Dead, who that was the first time I'd heard of them, but I'd actually heard one of their songs before. I went to the band called Ginger, which is another metal band. They had an, a couple of openers, Sumo Psycho. They had a uh, The Browning, and then they had a local band. I don't remember their name. I also saw Baby Metal <laughs> and Avatar. <laughs> um, and then on the uh, not-so-metal spectrum, I saw Poppy, which I guess you could argue is kind of Baby Metal-ish. And then I saw uh, Billie Eilish, or Elish, whichever, however you pronounce it, uh, Eyelash. <laughs> um, so I, I, yeah, I saw Billie Eilish. I'm, uh, I'm a huge fan of hers. Um, I, I, a big surprise. A lot millions of people like her. So yeah, <laughs> um, I'll get to it in a minute. Let's start with in this moment. I actually covered in this moment. That's a, I guess another callback to a previous episode I did. I'm a huge fan of in this moment. I see them anytime they come to town. I will make make my way to go see their concert. And so they were at House of Blues in Dallas this week. 
House of Blues is not my favorite venue, despite the fact I've actually performed there. A um, little uh, <laughs> bragging right there, but um, yeah, ego aside, I've actually I've played there before, and uh, I'm, I'm a, I like House of Blues, but I think it's only a good venue to see a band if you have seats on the balcony, because there's two floors, essentially. The bottom floor is standing room only. And the top one is seats that you can buy, neither of which are usually that expensive. House of Blues is pretty cost effective if you're trying to see a band and they get some pretty big bands in there. Uh, I'm not sure what the capacity is in that. It's kind of deceptively small. Um, So it's a little odd that a band like in this moment who could probably sell it out. uh, I don't they may have even sold it out. I'm not sure. But anyway, um, cutting short here, I think this is my least favorite time I've seen in this moment because they put on a hell of a show and I have nothing against the performance itself. I think the venue is what killed my enjoyment because House of Blues is one of those places that no matter where you stand, somebody is trying to walk through you or around you. And it's the most irritating thing in the world. You can stand against a wall and somebody will try to get behind you to go to the bar. Like I'm against the wall, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so they, uh, they put on a hell of a show though. I, this new, like, uh, they have a new little thing going on where it's like, um, nightmare before Christmas type of theme. It's like a Tim Burton type of background. It, it looks gorgeous. Um, and this is the first time I've seen them since they've started this new set, because most of the time I've seen them, I think I've seen them four or five times. They've had four out of those five times have been the same, um, the same kind of set background and the same kind of performance and the same song arrangements and set lists and all that stuff. But in this case, they had a new one. They have this really, really elaborate productions design and set and, they have this new little stage performance that they're putting on. It's actually really, really cool. It's a, it was, they did amazing. They played, I think one or two songs and actually they put out a video of one of the new songs they're going to have on their album. They recorded it at house of blues. Um, and, but yeah, they put on a hell of a show. I couldn't see them much. (laughs) I think by that point where we had moved like four times because we couldn't, we couldn't find a spot where somebody wasn't, um, eight feet taller than all everybody in the entire audience, or <laughs> there was a pillar in the way of our sight. So um, it was a little irritating, but we did eventually um, find a spot that we could kind of see what they were doing. And I love those guys; they're so they're so entertaining. You need to see in this moment if you get a chance. If you see them, a house of blues, get a balcony seat. Um, but other than that, I think the other two bands did good as well. Uh, New Year's Day was there. I've seen New Year's Day before, and they do a pretty good job, usually. Ash Costello is a very, very, very good singer. I don't really know the names of the other band members, but they their music is pretty good if you listen to it. It's, it's kind of like a metal version of Hailstorm, which is uh, kind of ironic because they're all touring right now. But um, they're a good band, but this was a bad performance for them. I'm cutting them a lot of slack here, mainly because I think... They couldn't hear themselves. Um, One of my biggest problems here was actually Ash Costello. Uh, She's a very good 
very good singer. I have nothing against her whatsoever. But in this regard to this concert, which I've seen her before and this wasn't a problem, but at House of Blues specifically, she seemed to really, really, really struggle with being able to hear herself. Um, And my problem with that was not that she couldn't hear herself. That's fine that people will forgive that. What irritated me was that how obvious she made it that she couldn't hear herself running backstage to yell at somebody backstage. And you could still see her backstage. I mean, it's not it's not a hidden stage. (laughs) You know, Um, you could see her yelling at the sound engineers and stuff like they they're not standing in front of those monitors. You know, they can't hear. All you can do is be like, hey, I can't hear myself, bro. And he'll be like, "Okay, I'll turn it up a little bit. But the problem is, if you turn those things up, the sound mic will start to feedback which is what happened. So it was a constant battle between, I guess, her and the sound people in the backstage that were constantly fighting to try and turn it up, turn it down, turn it, get somewhere in the middle ground, see what they could do to tweak the mic enough so that she could hear herself and also it wasn't feedbacking into the audience or herself. So, um, I mean, that's really the only problem. I was a little disappointed in that show. One of the biggest things I spotted was that guitarist was not fucking playing a guitar (laughs) okay he was playing a he had a guitar on him but there's no way in hell he was playing actual notes the way he was throwing the guitar around and yet somehow you'd still hear it this is the first instance i've ever seen live of somebody like lip syncing to a guitar (laughs) this homeboy was playing you could hear the second guitar but he would have his hands up in the air and you would hear his guitar still or he would be swinging his guitar around and stuff, like swing swonging and throwing it around and shit. But somehow it was like clear and precise. Um, and I know some people are probably thinking, well, maybe he's just a really good showman. No, no, fuck that. <laughs> I know that homeboy was not playing this fucking guitar. This was completely software generated and he was just um, pretending to air guitaring it essentially with a real guitar. I'm sure he's a competent guitarist, but I guess for some whatever reason, I guess they chose to not use his actual sound that he was playing through. Um, Maybe they couldn't get it to work, so they just decided to play it off the album or something. I'm I'm not sure why, um, but I highly doubt that this homeboy was playing actual guitar. (laughs) Now, the lead guitarist was definitely doing it. I'm talking about the rhythmist. Rhythmist, the rhythm guitarist, the lead guitarist, hundred percent was probably playing his instrument. He was actually very good. He's actually his solos were fucking badass. Um, part of the problem though is that they had to a lot of times Ash would be off the stage, the singer would be off the stage, and they would have to try and entertain the audience somehow. And it's always hilarious when a singer goes missing temporarily. You you see it every now and then at these concerts. But when a singer goes missing temporarily, maybe they're doing a wardrobe change or using the restroom, the band members always look at each other like, uh, what, do, what the fuck do we do? Uh, do a magic trick. <laughs> Play, say, say a joke. Uh, um, okay, uh, dad was, dad, but the dad was washing a car with his son, and the son said, dad, is it okay if, if we use a sponge instead? <laughs> you know, it's dumb shit. Knock-knock jokes and... Uh, they're screaming their heads off. It, it's it's an awkward moment for everybody, them and the audience. And it doesn't have to be. But overall, I don't want to bash on them too hard. They had a few good songs. I mean, their songs are recognizable. Their music's really good. 
they're a really good band, so I have nothing against the band. This just, we hit them on an off night, I think. And I've seen them before, so I know that they're capable musicians and they're very good at performing live. This just was a bad night for them, I think. So the the other band, the opening band actually was a band called Dead, D-E-D. They only have one album out that I've seen, and I think it was released this year. This band is fucking awesome, by the way. Um, it's like that hip-hop metal mesh, not to the degree of like Rage Against the Machine or Fever 333, but they have a similar kind of thing that they're going for. It's like metal mixed with some of that like more, um, what? how do I put it, like hip-hop type of style. It's not like new metal or anything, although I bet if you... Um, were to listen to them, maybe maybe they're they're probably actually pretty close to new metal now that I think about it. But anyway, they're really good. So they actually seeing them live actually kind of inspired me to download their album. And my friends actually did the same. They they're my friends are more hip hop oriented fans, so I drag them a lot to these concerts. Um, but I they they were actually really really good, and their album's pretty dope too. They have this song called Anti-Everything, which is a great song to like sing along to. It's got a pretty dope melody. Uh, and I'm not here to review their album, but I mean, you should you should check them out if you if you have any interest at all. It's D-E-D, D-E-D Dead, so this is kind of a free advertisement for them. But um, I want to get to kind of the other artists here. That was a good concert. I think it's probably, it's not the best concert I've been to. Again, a lot of that is the fault of the venue, so I don't want to put a lot of this on the band. Oh, I forgot to mention, the opening act was actually not dead. It was a band called, not even a band, it was an act called Hell's a Poppin' Circus type of thing. It's like a freak show thing. I've seen them actually a few times, and usually they're pretty cool. It's really just like swallowing swords and shit. Don't have a lot to say about that, although they are fucking entertaining as shit, and the guy drills his head with a condom, so <laughs> you should go take that. Drills with a condom. There's there's a joke in there somewhere. <laughs> um, anyway... Uh, moving on to the next band here, I want to talk about Ginger. I've seen them. I, I've never seen Ginger before, but the reason I want to talk about Ginger is not only for the concert, it's for another reason, which I'll get to shortly, but first we'll start with the concert. They had a few opening acts. Um, the Sumo Psycho band, I actually downloaded their album. I don't, I don't think I'm the biggest fan of theirs, but they put on one hell of a show. I just think their music is probably not up my alley. I just didn't really... Um, but they are good. You should check them out, make your own form, your own opinion. But man, they put on a good show that that front running girl that was up there. She she was a hell of a front man, uh, front woman. And she was jumping around, jumping into the audience and shit. It was awesome. Um, the local band actually when the local band played, a lot of people were just kind of like, oh, fuck off, dude. But <laughs> Then they came out there and they did a lot of things that were pretty similar that the local band did, like jumping into the audience. And one guy tried to mosh with the audience, but she did it and people were interested. You know, they were upbeat and something about this band. Just they they scream charismatic. They scream entertaining. Sumo Psycho. Um, I do recommend y'all check them out. If you have a chance to see them live, you should. They're probably going to be opening, but they should get more recognition. They are a dope-ass band to see live, specifically live. Again, music's not for me, but um, live-wise, um, I'm sure a lot of people love the hell out of them, and I did too. So other than that, uh, the, I'm, the Browning is who opened for Ginger. It was right before Ginger. Um, I guess this was kind of like a dual tour because it looks like the Browning was on multiple dates. I actually, uh, 
that they actually were fucking awesome. I didn't expect much. I'd never heard about them. I'd recognized the name just from like metal websites, but I never actually heard the band. I never listened to any of their music. No idea what to expect. They have a lot of DJ type of music, which if you've listened to my podcasts, usually um, it like kind of immediately I'm like, ah, fuck this, man. But and I was initially I was like, man, it's going to be one of those things. I'm going to play some music and I'm going to want to, you know, go drink 18 bottles of beer on the wall. <laughs> Take one down, pass it down, you know, pass it around, whatever, like a doobie. Um, so the uh, Browning, though, there was parts like they would start with a DJ type of thing. And they were there were parts that instead of guitar solo, they would have kind of like this DJ build up thing. But usually when the build up happened and they have that drop in DJ and EDM music, the drop was actually the guitars coming in. Um, and they're very metal. They're probably closer to the death core type side of things. Metal core, death core, whatever. The core, <laughs> um, Earth's core, <laughs> forever spinning. The uh, they're they're a little bit closer to that type of music. Um, but they put on the, their show. I don't think was that great, but their music was really good. So that's kind of the opposite of Sumo Psycho, I guess. <laughs> That sounds so bad, <laughs> but um, they were really good, man. I downloaded their album. I think it's called Geist. I don't have it in front of me, but damn, it's, it's a hell of an album, man. It's really good, um, and I, I really enjoyed it. I, I do think people should go listen to them. Their, their live performance, it's just a bunch of dudes standing on the stage. They don't really do much other than headbang every now and then, and usually that electronic stuff doesn't translate well if you're a metal band. So that they kind of fell apart on the electronic side of things. They had ju- they just had a laptop on stage, but um, nonetheless, they're out there. There was a few times that they would do a breakdown or something, a metal breakdown, and then it would be like, "Well, damn, that's heavy as fuck." <laughs> you know, I need to check this band out, man. So I did, and they're good. But let's get to the headlining act, Ginger, which is, I believe, Ukrainian for ginger. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's the spice or just the redhead, but (laughs) uh, they uh, uh, ginger. I'm pretty familiar with Uh, some people might be familiar with them without actually listening to the band. They have this um, they have this kind of style that's very unique. It's not a typical kind of metal band. They do a lot of crazy shit like the time signatures are all over the place and um for for all intents and purposes, that that I think that's how the phrase goes. But <laughs> for for whatever reason, they are very appealing. Like listening to them, it's like I I kind of I kind of love this. <laughs> like it's it's all over the place. It's random. It's metal, hundred percent. But it's 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 really cool. Like it, it, I can really get behind a lot of their music, and I know it probably doesn't sit well with everybody, but. Specifically, the singer is uh, her name, Tatiana, and then I can't for the life of me how, know how to pronounce her last name. It's like Shimaliak. <laughs> Excuse my whiteness, but um, I, I can't pronounce her last name, but she's I think it's a band from the Ukraine. And they've been in the headlines a lot lately because of this new album that they dropped. 
but the live performance was really, really dope. They mainly got famous, um, at least in my experience, they might say otherwise, because of their last album, King of Everything, King of Everything or King for Everything, something like that. But um, King Everything. <laughs> uh, it has King and the word everything in it. <laughs> Just know that much. Ginger is J-I-N-J-E-R if you want to look them up. They have this uh, song called Pisces, which is a song they did on one of those YouTube live things, kind of like an iTunes live has those things or Spotify live. Um, it's just the band playing in a live format. Um, and it's usually just them kind of riding solo. There's no audience or anything. They play this song Pisces and that's the first time I've ever experienced the band. And it's, it's a really soft song. It starts really soft. It's just like a, a really mellow kind of arpeggio tune that they got going. And she's singing very beautifully, very clear vocalist really has a lot of control over her pitch unlike me and then <laughs> she uh they get into the like this little break where it's just like a really soft break and then drummer hits a cymbal and they fucking drop this metal tone that's like no other and into that metal tone this chick um uh, this chick that's so disrespectful <laughs> but this girl she uh yeah that's better <laughs> this female she uh she goes into this metal scream that's so, so guttural, so fucking growling. It's some of the coolest screaming I've ever heard anyone do. And it's very, for lack of a better term, most people don't even fucking realize it's coming from this small girl. Um, that's probably not respectful <laughs> either, but she, uh, but yeah, she, it's, it's one of those things where you look at her and it's like, um, she's very beautiful. She's very talented as a singer, She's singing very beautifully clean vocals for this nice, pretty song and then drops this guttural growling vocal line. That's one of the coolest things in all of metal, probably. <laughs> it, it, you need to look at the video for Pisces specifically. You should look up the reaction videos because those are the ones that are the hilarious ones. Because they just drop the beat and it just goes. <laughs> she screams into this mic and people are like wait what <laughs> wait that's her that's not her they edited that they added the vocals <laughs> no it's her it's 100 her but that song i was like i need to know what this band is i need to know who this is so you download the album and do one of those things where you start listening to it and the band becomes so much more than just her vocals naturally she is the front runner of the band and her vocal performance is un unearthly you know she's her, she's not from this world, <laughs> as far as vocally speaking. Um, and then um, the guitarists are also very well oriented. The, the way the bass and the guitar, because there's only a bass and the guitar and then the drummer. The way they all mesh together, they have such a huge chemistry that's unlike modern bands nowadays. They have a lot. They do a lot of intricate stuff, a lot of intricate harmonies, a lot of intricate time signatures. And I bet they would tell you it's all accidental. Wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it happens all the time that these bands accidentally do something impressive. So, um, but I think in this regard, if you listen to the whole album, I don't think there's anything accidental about this. These guys know what they're doing. They're well-crafted musicians. It's very good music. Y'all should see Ginger. Uh, Live-wise, they 
Um, they put on a hell of a show. They don't really talk to the audience much. Um, and when she does, it's kind of hard to hear her because most of the time she's yelling into a microphone. And by that point, after seeing four metal bands ahead of her, you're like, I can't hear anything. <laughs> so we had some pretty damn good seats at this Gas Monkey Live. We had the balcony seats, which are VIP considering, but it's only $40. Like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> so um, we got to see them kind of in a nice viewpoint and she I mean they all she and the rest of the band put on a hell of a show they're very entertaining to watch the music is great it's it's the audience was getting into it everybody seems to love the hell out of this band and you should, for the right reasons you should it's it's a really good band the music is really good so um, the reason the main reason I wanted to talk about this is because Ginger actually dropped a new album called Macro they had a EP drop earlier in the year called Micro, and naturally they dropped this Macro album. And uh, Macro might be an understatement as far as this album's concerned. The album is probably the best album I've heard this year. Um, I've heard a lot of good albums. I'm actually, lately I've been listening to a lot of 2019 albums that I haven't heard, albums that are up for album of the year, things like that. From any band, all bands, doesn't matter. Um, metal seems to be most, mostly what I listen to, but uh, I'll check out pop albums and stuff. A lot of those I can't really get into. Um, but yeah, this album, Macro, I can't stay away from it. Like it's, I think I've enjoyed this album more than I enjoyed Tool, more than I enjoyed Slipknot. It's really, really, really well done. It's well-crafted album. It's got some of the best parts, some of the cliches of metal that people enjoy, like the breakdowns and stuff. It has some of that. It has a little arpeggio softness to it. It, has some, it hits all the notes that you want an album to hit, and it does it well. It's very well done. If I were to review this album, I would say it's probably the best one of 2019, although I haven't made that decision. Uh, maybe I'll have a podcast that discusses that. But the live-wise, we're talking about live here. Um, they're really good. Recommend seeing them. The audio is very well done. They have very well control over their performance. Everything is, they hit every note perfectly. And as far as the band is concerned, you should check them out. Here's another free advertisement for you, which is essentially what this podcast is at this point. <laughs> so moving on, um, this is going to be a short one. I'll talk about J Billie Eilish, um, Eyelash. Uh, so <laughs> Billie Eyelash, she, uh, I, I actually really enjoy her music. I love that album that she put out and that it's no surprise. A lot of people don't understand why she's so popular. I, I kind of agree with that sentiment. I'm sure she wouldn't tell you anything differently herself, but um, it's not... A lot of people seem to judge her just based on how she dresses and stuff. She, used, she usually wears these elaborate kind of big parachute pants and, you know, um, it's not... It's unusual dress attire, but it's... Uh, I mean, if you haven't listened to her music, fuck off. That's how I kind of hear it. She has a beautiful voice. It's very reminiscent of like a Lord or Lana Del Rey type of thing. And the uh, it, it's a very soft kind of thing. She does have upbeat songs in there. Um, the music videos are actually what attracted me to this musician specifically because they're very horror themed. Um, they she has like music videos where she's drinking milk that's black and like it's bleeding from her eyes 
Um, and then she has some that she's on a bed floating and she's wearing these white contacts and she's like demonic possession type of thing. I, they're so badass. And then you listen to the music and it's really soft, kind of droning, nice, really soft music. She's got a really comfortable whispering type of voice, um, really a lot of control over her pitch and vocal performance altogether. Um, and it's really entertaining. I love that kind of music. I'm a huge fan of Lana Del Rey. Lord is one of my favorite artists out. I mean, this is, I know this is all outside of kind of the wheelhouse I normally talk about. These are all modern bands and people usually, um, especially in like internet community wise, they tend to hate these musicians automatically because they're popular. That's not a way to go about music. Music is objective. If people like music, they're allowed to like it. There's people out there that like Justin Bieber. They might be dumb, but, you know, they're allowed to like it. <laughs> so, um, anyway, uh, I really like Billie Eilish. <laughs> so, I I enjoyed her album. I thought it was one, probably one of the better albums of the entire year, especially in the modern world that we're in a lot of these like hip-hop shit and uh, this is a very clever way to um it's not let me put it this way it's nice to see an album like this be popular versus an album like say uh, some guy named little um just looking at something in my room little microphone (laughs) or a little water drop (laughs) water drop (laughs) um uh (laughs) <laughs> little little pre ejaculate. So, oh, oh wow, we're PC on this episode. <laughs> so, um, anyway, the uh, the the as far as the concert is concerned, I, I really wanted to go see her because I like the music. I I knew it was going to be a full concert. What I didn't expect is when I would show up that it would be a lot of young, um, specifically female audience members. Now. There was a lot of people like me and my friend who just, just like one, liked going to concerts and two, just genuinely liked the music. And that's primarily why I went is because I genuinely enjoy the music. She's got a really wonderful voice and really wonderful music performance. And a lot of that is her and her brother are doing a lot of the stuff. And I uh, halfway expected her performance on stage to kind of mimic her music videos, so horror-themed and kind of darker sides of things, which is what I enjoy. Now, she, because of the audience member, it was a lot of younger audience members. There were a lot of guys there, too. There was a lot of small females. Um, (laughs) So the audience was, to put it lightly, um, the loudest audience I've ever been at or ever heard in my entire life. Um, I've been to a lot of modern bands, um, back in the day when Pink was, uh, coming out with some of those out songs or whatever the fuck. I'm not, I'm not a Pink person, but, um, she, uh, came to Dallas and I bought tickets for my mom and my ex at the time. So we went there and the, I mean, the audience was packed naturally. I haven't been to a lot of these modern bands. A lot of the artists I see, I can go see them for like $20 and see 18 other bands <laughs> with them. Um, even Slayer to that degree, I spent probably a hundred bucks for Slayer and I was able to see Lamb of God, <laughs> you know, all these popular metal bands, um, which is why I like metal. But uh, Billie Eilish was an expensive ticket. We got kind of nosebleed type of seats because I, I kind of 
I didn't feel the need to sit close or anything. I like her music, but not enough to buy like a thousand dollar seat at the floor. Um, her, as far as the performance is concerned, it was really good. I really enjoyed the hell out of it. She played that popular song, bad guy twice. I'm kind of curious what the decision there was. She opened with bad guy and then she had it as her encore. I was really confused by that. Um, we actually left at the encore because I was like, well, wait, I've already heard this. <laughs> I don't need to hear this twice. Um, so she just played the same song at the encore. I'm like, why? I mean, there's no point in the audience sticking around if it's a song they've already heard. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's a, I don't know what inspired that decision. So uh, other than that, her voice is wonderful. If I could hear her voice, I'm assuming it was great performance-wise. This audience screamed for two hours straight. <laughs> Just constant, that high-pitched female scream that people are associated with, and for the most part, kids. So it's really, really the loudest concert I've ever been to where you can't hear... I couldn't hear a word she said pretty much the entire concert. You could hear the music a little bit because of the bassiness of it. Um, and it added that contrast. But when she sang, the audience sang every single lyric she sang as well. So you can't really hear her. And to me, if you're an audience member, why I'm not sure you would want to drown out the musician to that degree. I'm getting off on a tangent, but back to the concert, Billy eyelash is very good. <laughs> That's what she's going to go by. Um, it, it was a very good concert. I really enjoyed it. I, I couldn't really hear her. It was the loudest audience I've ever experienced in my life. If you, uh, I, I don't really know how to put it other than that. So uh, I'd like to move on now. <laughs> it was good. I'm glad I went. But I think a one and done situation might be okay with me. <laughs> um, so the next band I would like to talk about today is... Um, Baby Metal and Avatar. I saw them at Southside Ballroom. They're located in Deep Ellum. That's kind of close to Dallas. Um, now, Baby Metal, if uh, for those of y'all who do not know, are probably the best band that's ever, <laughs> that's ever been. So <laughs> um, let's start with Avatar. Avatar is actually a really, really cool band. If, if y'all aren't familiar with Avatar, they are actually one of my favorite uh, metal bands, so to speak. And they, they're... I, I guess they'd be kind of considered a guilty pleasure, but I feel no guilt in listening to them. It's, um, so it's just a pleasure. Um, it's, uh, anyway, I just, uh, I've seen them twice now. I, I believe I saw them once at house of blues. Um, and I made the mistake of not getting seats there. Great. <laughs> but, uh, avatar, they're really cool. They have this kind of like, um, I want to say circus kind of theme, but it's more like a, I don't know, rolling twenties type of, you know, medicine doc doctors or something like that. I'm not really sure how to describe it, but, um, their music is very, very catchy. And it's kind of like that circus theme type of, it's, um, <laughs> that's, you got it. Um, but they do it all with the guitar and stuff naturally. And, um, they, they do really quirky things. The guy is, um, I, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but the front man for the band, um, the singer, he is uh, one of the most entertaining people to watch in the world. <laughs> like, no joke. Uh, he has a lot of charisma on stage. He's constantly smiling, but like a, 
uh, you know, <laughs> wide tooth grin like the man, <laughs> like the Joker or t- some shit like that. He, his makeup kind of resembles that too, honestly. But he's uh, it, it, they're they're amazing. I, I can't really describe their performance. It's one of those you got to go see it. They do a lot of quirky things that are um, that not everybody has done and I don't know they're not cliches basically what I'm trying to say so they're really good you should check them out I I like Avatar their music's really good too so it's not just their live performance they're just entertaining overall um now baby metal of course uh, is a (laughs) I guess a topic of much debate (laughs) um I wasn't aware it was but (laughs) um I think a lot of people, a lot of people in the metal community, specifically the metal community, doesn't really, they can't, it's hard for them to wrap their heads around it. Um, Most people seem to embrace baby metal with open arms, but there are a lot of people, especially if you go on chats and stuff for like their new albums, reviews or something, people really just fly off the hinges, you know, with insulting the band and um, then you get those people that want to defend the band and then you get fights in the, in the forum and it's just, uh, it's just so irritating, so childish to do or even think of. So, um, I'm not sure why there's so, so much, you know, controversy surrounding a band that shouldn't have any, <laughs> uh, to me, baby metal. I've always liked baby metal. They're entertaining as all hell. I, I watch some anime and stuff, so it kind of resembles that similar style those like intro songs and stuff um and they do have metal themes to it so make no mistake they they are kind of j j poppy i guess but um they they have metal undertones that is really good especially on their new album they have a lot more metal i think in this newer album than they have in any of the previous ones and their new album's really good as well the catchy music it's entertaining to watch they put on one hell of a show as well seeing them live um, we were, me and my friends were all very excited to see them cause we like that kind of style. And, um, I don't know. It's, I guess it's just music that embellishes contrasting tones and, um, different kind of genres in one. And it's really entertaining and they do it well. The music, like I said, it's very good. It's catchy. It's fun to listen to. It's, it's, it's a fun band. They're, they're a band that's really fun. They're really cool. They're very talented overall. Um, I think people don't understand how talented even just the guitarists are. Um, I believe the previous guitarist passed away tragically, but the uh, even the new one, I mean, he's not he's not missing any notes or anything. These are very expert level type of craftsmen and musician world. But now as far as the concert is concerned, um, I won't get too far in the whole people going back and forth on baby metal. That's who gives a shit. It's a, it's a band. It's you like them or you don't, there doesn't have to be a battle. (laughs) You know, I'm not going to get into it, but you're allowed to like what you like. I've already mentioned this in this podcast. Um, so the concert itself though, they're actually very, very precise. Like it's not like it sounds, it's one of the most, the closest, bands I've ever heard to sounding exactly like the record. I mean, it's possible that they just were playing this album, but <laughs> I'm not really sure. I'm pretty sure they were singing though. Cause they would say Dallas or whatever. And it would sound the same as when they were singing. So, <laughs> I mean, that, that's just, maybe I'm, they're just fooling us all, but, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure they were playing their instruments. And like I said, it was some of the most precise 
musicianship I've ever seen of a band. Um, they were very entertaining, of course. They put on a show, and they're fun to watch. People get really into this band. There was moshing, <laughs> which is the funniest show. Avatar didn't have moshing, but maybe Metal sure did. Uh, they had moshing. They had sur- like uh, crowd surfing and all that stuff. People going nuts over this band, man. Um, and then... But like I said, they're a very precise band that none of they don't miss a note, they don't miss a beat, they're never off of you know, the they're never off time or anything like that. Just an overall well rounded band. I don't really have that much to say about it overall, just um they're really, really a lot of fun. The band's pretty cool too. I don't think I don't think their music is I kind of look at it as the same way as like Ramstein or something. I know that a lot of people will be triggered by that, but (laughs) um, I don't, uh, it's hard for me to listen to bands that I don't know what they're saying. Um, Coming from a metal music, a metal fan. (laughs) Um, But the, uh, I I don't know what they're saying because they're not speaking English and there's nothing against that. I can still enjoy the music um, but at that point, it's really just enjoying the music. Um, Ramstein to me is kind of the same way. It, it, I'm I know I'm alone in this type of regard, but it's a, essentially if I don't know what they're saying, it's hard for me to relate to what they're singing about. So it's I don't really connect with the music as probably well as most people would. Or um, again, this is no nothing on the band. There's there's no problems not being able to speak English. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, the, the, it's it's still enjoyable. I I get the Baby Metal records when they come out. I still get the Ramstein records when they come out, and I do listen to them. I just think it's it's music that I'll listen to it and I'll be like, cool, that was dope. Um, and then probably just not come back to because I can't. It's hard for me to relate to something that I don't understand. Um, that makes me sound weird, but <laughs> I mean, you get it. <laughs> I'm, I am weird. I'm a podcaster. So, <laughs> um, anyway, I, uh, I don't really have much else to say about baby metal. They were really good. I would hundred percent see them again if they came back to town. Avatar, definitely. There's no way I'd miss Avatar if they were in town, but, um, that's because I really enjoy their music. Now, getting to the last concert that I mentioned, I actually saw Poppy. This is probably my more recent of the artists I've covered here. Uh, Poppy I saw at a venue I've never actually been to, also Deep Elements, called The Trees, um, also in Dallas, um, if anyone gives a shit. But the uh, Poppy is a weird one. Again, it's, it's it's very much a baby metal type of thing where it's music that is very contrasting as fuck contrasting <laughs> music that is kind of, there's a lot of contrast is what I'm trying to get at. Um, she does have some metal undertones, but I would say for the most part, Poppy's music is well, for lack of a better term, Poppy. <laughs> so it's, um, it's a little bit, some of her, I have all her records. I actually really, really like Poppy. Her music is um, next level shit, and it's it's kind of like the Billie Eilish phenomenon, where it's just I, I guess I'm a little bit of a cult following into that. I don't know. I enjoy the music. That's all you need to get at. So um, get out of that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Poppy's music. It's a similar type of thing, where the chorus line is very like. Um, upbeat it's very catchy and stuff and then it'll just suddenly drop into this 
fucking low ass metal <laughs> guitar thing that this guy does. And it's actually badass as he- all hell of it. It's, um, it, it, it really is cool. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Um, it's one of those that you'd have to go listen to it to know what I'm talking about. Um, I know her hit, uh, the first time I'd ever heard her do that was a song called X. Um, I was actually familiar with Poppy before I even knew she had music. I was a follower of her, um, on uh, YouTube. So YouTube, she would do like some of the creepiest videos you'll ever see. And it's like very unsettling. It's not like scary, but it's unsettling stuff where she's just staring into the camera for like three straight minutes, not saying a word. Um, and although that's not considered content, that's what draws somebody like me in is because it's, um, not content. <laughs> you mean you're listening to this podcast content. Um, so no, what I mean is like her, her music, uh, her videos were very unsettling and stuff. And somebody like me who, again, I'm a huge, um, nerd as far as it comes with darker side of things. You know, I like dark books. I read horror books all the time. I go see horror movies when they're out. Um, and the same thing with the Billy eyelash thing. I like those music videos are badass. Um, in this regard, Poppy's very similar as far as her videos are concerned. It's very creepy. It's unsettling type of stuff to watch and listen to, and I can't get enough of it. So, uh, her music on the other hand, her first album is very, and I'm not going to hear it going to, I'm not going to break them down like I would in a normal podcast. Her first album is very, uh, Poppy. <laughs> uh, I mean, t- to the regard that she even sings about herself and says, I'm Poppy a lot in her songs. No big surprise there, but her music is very upbeat. I would say probably a little bit more of the modern type of record that you'll hear a little bit more DJ music thrown in there. Um, same thing with her second album. Uh, her second album was a little bit more heavy. That's kind of when she started getting into, I think, the darker side of the music, more into the metal genre. Um, she came out with this song called X, where she was featured um, really like screaming into the microphone. And, you know, they would have those low metal drops and breakdowns in the song. And then suddenly it would be like a really slow paced kind of um, for lack of it's really it, it was kind of like um, watch if you go watch the music video it's kind of like a cult almost like how the cult is very happy there's sunshine and shit and then suddenly the, there's a underside to that cult that's really dark and damning and all that stuff but uh, drink the Kool-Aid type of thing but after she came out with X she I guess I I'm, I suppose this is how it went but she realized that that got her a lot of reception. She started showing up more on like these um, metal websites and people started talking about Poppy. People started seeking Poppy out more. And I guess that's probably what inspired her to do more of that style with that contrasting metal tones with the Poppy that she had in kind of like the first album, the Poppiness. Um, and the only reason I'm saying poppy is because for the life of me, I can't think of a better word other than poppy and upbeat. But <laughs> the uh, anyway, she uh, um, I guess that's what happened because she started making more of this metal music, metal-esque music. She partnered with bands like Fever 333 on one of the songs, Scary Mask, I think it was. And then um, long story short, she got uh, signed to a label called Sumerian Records which if uh, anybody's familiar with Sumerian Records, they're actually a metal 
label. <laughs> they're not a they're not a pop label. They're not a modern band label. They're a hundred percent a metal label, and they signed Poppy to it. I'm gonna see if I can find who Sumerian. I'm gonna Google search Sumerian. Who they is? <laughs> who they is? So I'm gonna see if uh, I can find who else Sumerian Records has has done. Um, of course now my Wi-Fi doesn't want to fucking work because I'm doing in the middle of a podcast. So I'm just ranting right now. Oh, S- Sumerian is the earliest known civilization and historic region of Southern Mesopotamia. <laughs> okay. Let me put records. <laughs> oh, content folks. This is how you do podcasts. You just sit here. And you keep talking until... Okay, here we go. We got it up. Um, it looks like they have done quite a few bands, actually, that I've, I'm familiar with. They've done Asking Alexandria, After the Burial, uh, Bad Omens, Between the Buried and Me. God, their fucking songs are sick, but they're so fucking long. Uh, Body Count with Ice Cube. They're Born of Osiris, Circus Survive... Um, yeah, lots of bands, Dillinger, Escape Plan, Era, oh, I love Era, um, I believe that's how it's said, E-R-R-A, that's, that's one of, I discovered them recently, they're some of the coolest bands that I've heard in a long time, The Faceless, uh, who else we got here, Jonathan Davis, hey, speak of the devil, go check out the Corn Podcast, the last one that we did, Card Bart 1 and 2, people, Nita Strauss, yeah, she's a great guitarist, um, Poppy, of course, and and more. I don't need to keep going into this. I'm just extending the time at this point. So all you need to know is that she's actually pretty dope. You should go check her out. She's going to come out with a new album in January. I'm pretty, pretty excited for it. I've actually already pre-ordered it. Um, being a vinyl person, I went ahead and got it on vinyl as well. God, sorry. But I'm a fan of Poppy. It's very much like an Americanized baby metal type of thing. As far as a live performance goes, I... Um, this was one that I had a problem with mainly the audience because the audience was a little bit too high strung <laughs> for lack of a better term. Uh, it, it was kind of like, I didn't expect this going into it. I, I didn't actually know what kind of fan base she would attract to her concerts. Um, clearly at least one person, me, <laughs> and I dragged my friend to it, but, and being at the trees in Dallas, I was kind of expecting you'd see a lot of people from Deep Ellum who frequent Deep Ellum. There's like metalheads that go there a lot too. It's a it's a big metal scene as well as everything else. But long story short, I had no idea what kind of crowd she would attract. Um, and the crowd was a mix of just normal everyday people, metalheads, to the weirdest one, which was like vampire goths. <laughs> It was so fucking weird, man. Uh, <laughs> we're on an elevator to hell, man. <laughs> but the uh, it, it was like legit, like people wearing vampire teeth, dressed to the rim and like those tight see-through tank tops with the biggest pants you'll ever see with a bunch of chains on it and shit. I don't even know how they let them into the concert. At this, at this day and age, you can't even get in with a fucking necklace at some of these venues, but... Um, they were full blown what you would picture on those, that damn meme where the goths are like dancing underneath that, the ravers, I guess they're dancing underneath that bridge. It was so weird. I've, I've never been around that type of thing. Um, even, even though I'm a metal head and 
And in that type, the scene that would kind of ward that stuff, Poppy's the only one that I've actually seen that has that stuff. There's this place called Lizard Lounge in Dallas. Um, it's kind of like a club-ish venue. And they have goth nights on like Sunday night because, you know, Satan. <laughs> but um, the... I, I can't, I've always not gone to that because I've always been curious. I've been curious, but I'm always like... I bet I bet it's that kind of like early 2000s goth where everybody was wearing leather and was into Blade. <laughs> you know exactly which ones I'm talking about, but it was that kind of thing. And I, it's like a trend that you didn't know still existed. <laughs> it was that poppy. But but anyway, getting to the reason the thing that pissed me off, though, was that the audience was very um, hyped up. Jumping around, running around, literally like running around. There was three girls there that had full on anime garb. What I mean is they had full on like uh, fake wigs that were different multicolored shit. They had Christmas lights literally wrapped around them and they were dancing around like it was a fucking rave. Um, (laughs) And I was like, this guys, this is come on, guys. I mean whatever <laughs> but still <laughs> but yeah um, and also this is the one that I kind of mentioned earlier where that guy decided that he would just hold his camera up his camera phone up the his camera phone <laughs> god okay boomer <laughs> but no he would just hold his phone up and um film the entire set literally the entire time that Poppy was playing he had his phone up and he was filming and he happened to be right in front of me because if anybody like that is going to be at a concert, God forbid, they're going to be right in front of you. They're going to get the tallest motherfucker who's filming the whole damn thing with his flashlight on. That's one thing, though, as a correction note to the phone thing. Um, and you can do what you want. You can have whatever pin you want. But if you I swear to God, if you are taking photos at a concert and you have your phone light on, you should die. <laughs> That's aggressive. Kick that motherfucker out. If you're going to kick anyone out for using their phone, kick the guy out of the concert that's using their phone light. God damn it. It's already pitch black in there. Get out of here, man. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. So Poppy's concert was actually very entertaining. Her music was really good. She sounded spot on. She interacted with the audience a little bit. Not much. I think it's a very uncanny valley type of thing where it's like um, the guitarist and the drummer, which that's all there is, is a guitarist and a drummer. Most of the bass is synthetic through a computer, and she has some sound effects thrown in there as well. But the guitarist and drummer were wearing masks and a wig that I guess they were supposed to look like Poppy, which her whole thing is the, like, I am not an occult thing and all that good stuff, but... Uh, I'm kind of ranting right now, right now, but uh, there was one segment of the show. It was a very good concert. That's what you need to know. It was short as all hell. The opening band was a local band. They were pretty damn good. Um, and then I don't remember the name, though, of course, because uh, that's how I am. And <laughs> so the poppy set was only like 40 minutes and 40 minutes to an hour, I think, max. And some of that runtime was just her being off stage and the guitarist doing something or um, I don't know, it was hit and miss. And it, it she has enough music to extend that probably two hours. I, mean, I got to wonder why she didn't. Maybe it's just because it's a newer thing or 
it was a small, it was a very small venue. It actually felt like one of those bands that you would actually accidentally wander into, you know, like if you're wandering on a square with a bunch of bars, you're like, hey, let's check that band out that I hear from in there. And you go in there and you're like, okay, never mind. <laughs> but once you see the audience, I mean, <laughs> um, but there's this this song that she has called Where Is My Microphone? I think it's actually just called Microphone, but she's constantly repeating Where Is My Microphone. It's one of her earlier songs. And the premise is um, she lost her microphone. <laughs> so she's trying to look for it. Uh, I think there's probably a little bit of a deeper meaning, like her chasing a dream. Um, if you listen to the song, I, I kind of get that gist that she's like, I need my microphone so I can... Um, we can one day be famous or something. And I, I, I bet there's an underlying meaning to that song outside of she lost her microphone, but knowing Poppy, it could just be about her losing her microphone. <laughs> um, the, the reason that song was probably my least favorite is because at the end of it to kind of go with the whole theme of where's my microphone, she decided to run off the stage, um, and disappear to the back along with all the other band members, and they acted like they were trying to look for, I guess, her microphone, which is in her hand. But <laughs> I I didn't like this mainly because when they ran off of the stage, they were gone a while, like a solid five minutes went by. And it, at least it felt like five minutes, but it was a little unnecessary to have that long of a gap. I mean, I get you're doing a shtick or it's a gag of some kind, um, and it's not unusual for like her music videos to do something odd like that, but at least with music videos, you can see a runtime. You can see, Hey, this is, this video is not over yet. Keep watching, see what happens. Or you can skip forward, but in real life, you can't do that. And a microphone, her pretending to go search for a microphone to give her an excuse to go to the bathroom or something. Um, she could have just let the guitarist be playing a solo while she went and did that or changed her wardrobe or whatever she needed to do or unless they were just, it was part of a gag. But it just went on too long is what I'm trying to say. It was a little too long, but other than that, the concert was pretty damn good. Um, she closed with X and she, uh, that was her encore song, but people still stood around screaming Poppy. I stayed a little longer just to see if she would come back on, but... If the venue is already turned on the overhead music and the lights come up, there's no more encore. That's the giveaway. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but that's it, guys. I think um, I think I'm going to end it here. There was some news I wanted to cover. Um, a lot of it is kind of old news. Um, most of it seems to be about like some controversies that were going on, like um, the Greta Thunberg stuff. But she has that death metal song, which is pretty dope. Metallica, James's Headfield going back into rehab. Those sound really controversy, but um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is probably the biggest controversy right now, just because they people are either agreeing or disagreeing with their choices. I was just going to go through the nominees, but none of that really matters <clears throat> at this point. I think I'm just going to end it here. I've already been going like I don't know an hour and twenty. I'm going to edit it, so to you it won't feel like an hour and 20, hopefully. <laughs> it's going to feel like an hour and 20 minutes to me. <laughs> but yeah, guys, I think that's going to end it here. I, I think that's pretty much all I wanted to cover. I had some news that I'm, I wanted to cover, but 
Um, nah, I'm okay. Most of the news is kind of older and irrelevant. I haven't done one of these in a minute. So it's really just a check-in episode. I mean, I hope everybody's doing well out there. If you enjoy the podcast, you know, subscribe to the podcast, more content in the future, all that good stuff. Social medias, you know how those work. Buttermilk Boulevard Pod, you can look that up, share with your friends. Anything you can do to support the show, I really appreciate it as always. I love doing this, so that's why I keep doing it. Um, Nobody could listen to this, I'd probably still do it. So that being said, thanks for listening, guys, as always. I, uh, I'm working on some things as far as bands are concerned, trying to work on my next discography and seeing who I want to do. I might just throw out my Halloween episode, even though Halloween's over. Um, I had a lot of it done, so I might just do that anyway, or y'all might get the Halloween episode next year if you're still around or if I'm still around. So I don't know yet. We'll see. We'll see how, how everything plays out, but I hope everybody's doing well. Um, Thank you again for listening. Have a wonderful day. Rock and roll, my friends. (laughs) Goodbye.